Okay. So this is the parsha of the beginning of the Marcus, the parsha of Vaera, page three hundred and eighteen, and where we last left off, and the parsha Shmos, and the parsha Shmos, sort of like was in the middle. Moshe Rabbeinu was just given instructions by Hashem. Let's take a look at page 316 for a moment. Perakhe, chapter 5. And Paro had just told Moshe, obviously you're too lazy. You have too much time on your hands. So therefore, uh, therefore what? Therefore, you... um, you're no longer going to get the straw, right? You're going to have to make the bricks without the straw. So, that was not a... That created a tremendous uh, demoralization among the people. A tremendous demoralization. And if you take a look at verse 21, verse 21, we are told that there are some people that greeted Moshe and Aaron. Vayomru Alehem, verse 21, and they said to Moshe and Aaron, <coughs> Yera Hashem Alechem, the Yishpot, may Hashem look upon you and let him judge. Asher hivashtem esreichenu ve'enei paro. Translated in the article, you have made our scent abhorrent in the eyes of, pa- of Paro. You made our situation we never could have imagined that it was worse, but it was worse than we could have imagined. We were enslaved for all this time, but at least we had straw. At least we had straw. Right? Yeah. I was... Um, please do not... Uh, this is not exactly the same I- uh, image, but... And I was in Yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael many years ago. So, the food wasn't that good. Not like today, the food wasn't that good. But at least on Friday we had shalva. Shalva was the equivalent of... <coughs> was the equivalent of stale, super golden crisp. Do you remember super golden? Do you know what that is? you still have that today? When I was growing up... <laughs> When I was growing up, they called it super sugar crisp. But then you're not allowed to, today, it's not PC to put sugar in the title anymore, right? So it's now golden crisp. So, but they had shalva. So, okay, so we had shalva on Fridays. That was like, that was the, the stale super sugar crisp. We look forward to that. But then at some point when that stopped, like we didn't, you know, we didn't think you could get worse, but it could, you know. And uh, so instead they gave us the, the cornflakes. The cornflakes that nobody has from last week reappeared the next week. You know what I'm talking about, right? So uh, anyway, so so they turn to Moshe and they say, and they say, "Look, you made it worse." And Chazal tell us who were these people, by the way. Just not going to go into depth at this point. Who were these individuals that met Moshe and Aaron? Were the ones that complained? Does anybody know who Chazal identify as? What? Yeah, who's that? You're good, you're good, Barry. Who? Not the Erev Rav? Who? 
Not, no, not the, the, the big, the big tzaddikim. The other two, the other two. Okay, take a, take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, excellent. Excellent, Mr. Barco, the excellent. I'm going to have to change your grade. Way back when. Rabbi Darshu called, I didn't grade it then, I haven't graded it yet, for the test. Whenever you find the verb of nitzim or nitzavim, standing, standing up, standing against, it's dasan aviram. So they create this, they, they're contentious against Moshe from the very beginning. Now listen carefully, here we have, here we have very dramatic terminology. Moshe then went back to Hashem, Vayomar, and he said, Adoshem, lama hare osa la'am hazeh? Why have you dealt, done evil to this people? Why have you sent me? And from the moment that I came to Paro to speak in your name, you have what? It, it has, been, it has been, been bad for these people. Translated here, right? He did evil to this people. And you haven't saved your nation. So Moshe is saying strong words. Hashem says to Moshe, You will now see what I will do to Paro. So I will send them off with a strong hand. And that will drive them out from the land. And Paro will drive them out from the land. So this is the end of last week's parsha. The end of last week's parsha is a very big downer. Moshe Rabbeinu is demoralized. And if you look at the very end of the parsha, there's a triple samach. Triple samach is really, in the Torah, it means it's its own section. It's almost like there's something complete. Like in the Torah, there's a break, but it's not a full break. It's sort of like... Is a space, but it <coughs> continues on the same line. Then we begin with our parsha. It's as if Hashem is speaking again, but He's still speaking to He's still speaking to Moshe. So what happened here? You hear my question? In other words, question number one. It seems like Hashem is still speaking to Moshe, but yet it, there's a new there's a new phase. There's a new type of feeling. Beforehand, Hashem says to Moshe, you'll see. Then there's a break. But then Hashem speaks to Moshe again. So, what's the reason why the Torah distinguishes between these two diburim, these two speeches of Hashem to Moshe, when it seems like it's just, you know, it's just continuing? Barry, you hear the question? Okay, that's question number one. I'll tell you something interesting. Question two. Very interesting. The phrase, Vayidaber Elohim. Vayidaber Elohim. El Moshe. Vayomer Elav Ani Hashem. Is inherently problematic. What's the... This, this, read the Pasuk. Before we get into anything. Before we, before we, uh, we get to the point where it says, And I appeared to Aram Yitzhak and Yaakov with the name of Kel Shokai and, and I didn't appear with them with the name of Yudke, Vavke, etc. All that which we'll get to in a few moments. But just before we get into anything, just that Pasuk, What's the problem in that Pasuk? Okay, switching from Dibor, from Bayomer to Dibor, we'll get to that. Excellent. Excellent. We'll get to that question. 
Yeah, in other words, what does the Torah say? And let's, let's, let's leave out God for a moment. And John spoke to Jerry, and he said, my name is Peter. <laughs> no? You hear the kasha? Vayidaber Elohim El Moshe, Vayomrei Lov, Ani Hashem. Really, it should say what? Vayomrei Lov, what? Ani Elohim. Why Ani Yud Kei What? What is that? Why does the Torah introduce this section with Vayidaber Elohim, which is one name of God, and then when Hashem introduces Himself to Moshe? He says, by the way, Ani Hashem, I'm Yud Kei Why is that? That's the four letter. Why, why the switch? Why the switch? Furthermore, this is fascinating. The Medrash makes this point. There are 16 times before this, before this um, beginning of the parasha where the Torah uses the phrase, and God spoke to Moshe, or God spoke, in the context of the Moshe Hashem conversation. So from the time that Moshe and Hashem have a conversation at the sneh, at the burning bush, 16 times. And all 16 times, the verb that's used is Vayomer. This is the first time, this is the first time that Hashem uses the word, that the Torah uses the word Vayidaber. So, I hope you're writing the questions down. So, because I need to going to review it, so I'm going to ask you, Rachel. So the the third question is the third question is why does the why does Hashem switch from Vayomer to Vayidaber? Now maybe you'll say to me, Rabbi, we know that there is a very fundamental difference between the nature of speech known as Amira versus the nature of speech known as Dibur. What's the difference between those two? What's the difference between Amira and Dibur? Because Amira is softer, says the Gemara in Makis Daf Yud, that, mak, that the word Vayomer is, uh, is Lashon Raka, soft. And Dibur is Lashon Kashe, it's tough. Like, you find when the brothers go back, when the brothers go back to Yaakov and they say, that man spoke tough to us. You know who that man was? Yosef, right? The Viceroy. It says, Diber that man spoke tough. Dibar kashot. He spoke tough. So the word dibor is lashon kashe. Hashem spoke tough. So why does Hashem move from soft to tough? No, you'll say to me, Rabbi, that's a softball question. That's like a that's a that's a fastball over the middle. I know exactly why Hashem spoke tough to Moshe. No, no, because Moshe spoke with a certain Right? Questioning. Right? Questioning. Lama Hariosa. So if you, what you're saying is correct, and I'm not saying it's not, but if what you're saying is correct, then we have an obvious question. How come right after Moshe says the phrase, right after Moshe says Lama Hariosa, right afterwards, in, back on page 316, chapter 5, verse 22, when Moshe finishes his speech, what does Hashem say? Chapter 6, verse 1. Vayomer Hashem. Ravosa, you hear the question? If you're, you with me here? If you, what's your name again? Jonathan. Jonathan. I'm from Puerto Rico. Don't worry, don't worry. You can, you, can, you can try to escape later, but you're stuck here now. So, don't worry. I'm not picking on you. I'm picking on everybody. So, the, so, 
So that so why is it why is it that it's by Yadaber, it's a delayed harsh speech? Why is there a delayed harsh speech? If you're gonna say Hashem is responding because Moshe spoke with chutzpah, with so then it should have been right away by Yadaber. Why is it by Yomer then by Yadaber? Then He wanted to calm who calm down? down? Hashem wanted to calm himself down. Yeah. <laughs> you, you recognize the anthropomorphic difficulty in that statement, right? Right. So the Rebbeinu doesn't need to to meditate. Okay, you're saying a good idea. We'd have to change the emphasis, the emphasis. We'll change it a few minutes. Now, just one more point, terrible sir. One more point. This is fascinating, and and uh, when I was preparing for this. Sheer, I shared this point with my wife. She came up with a very brilliant and beautiful explanation, which I want to share with you um, later on in the Sheer. But there are three times in the whole Torah that the word Vayidaber Elohim appears. Three times. Vayomer Elohim, I don't know how many times. I can Google it. Vayomer Hashem, even more. Vayidaber Hashem, a lot. Vayidaber Elohim, three times in all Chodesh. And if you know any of the other two, Rabbi you will you will get right now, on the spot, right now, I'll give you a free safer. You have five seconds. You have four seconds. In Chumash. Five books of Moses. Four seconds. Three seconds. You have prizes. Nobody the golden cap. What's that? The golden cap. That is wrong, but it's a very perfect wrong answer. The two other places. There's no way I could. I mean, it's, so, it's so cruel when I do it. I'm just cruel again. Okay, I'll give you a hundred dollars. Eight thousand dollars. Okay, fine. It's like the worst thing. You don't know what the first time it's like. Fine. So take a look with me in the book of Bereshit, chapter, uh, chapter eight, verse fifteen. Chapter eight, verse fifteen. Vayidaber, page, 30. page 38. 38. Thank you. Vayidaber Elohim el noach lemor. Elohim said to Noah, saying, Say, leave the ark. You and your wife and your sons and your daughters-in-law, all the animals, etc. Noach went out and then what happens, verse 20, Vayiven Noach Mizbeach Lashem, Noach built an altar to God, Vayikach, Mikol Abehima HaTahora, he took from all of the kosher animals, etc., he brought karbonos, verse 21, Vayorach Hashem Esreach Anichach, and Hashem, he smelled the pleasing aroma, the only time in the Torah that the term Reach Hanichach appears. The term reach nichoach appears many times. Pleasing spell, smell. What context does the term reach nichoach appear in? What context? Pesamigdos or mishkan karbonos, right? And this is carbon, but it says reach hanichoach, the pleasing smell. I don't know if we'll be able to talk about that, but that's very interesting stuff. So that's the second time it says by Yedavar Elokim. What's the why? What's by the maybe Amidas Hadin? 
tough speech? What's the tough speech there? Noah hasn't done anything wrong yet. And then a third time, anybody want to try? Okay. 50 bucks? 60 bucks? Okay. Okay. No. But I want to thank you for your courage. I want to thank you for your courage. Okay. Page 406. Page 406. What's the context? Chapter 20, verse 1. Book of Ration of Shmos. Aseris Adibros. Ten Commandments. Interesting. We've seen that problem before, no? And then it says, The interchange. Interesting. Interesting. What do we make of these? What is the common strand of Ayyadabera Elokim by Noah, by Moshe in this context, and by the Ten Commandments? What is the common strand here? Now, let's just do one more question, and then let's try to put it together here. So, what does Hashem say to Moshe? This is from the deepest, the deepest conversations that we find in the whole Torah. Hashem says that there's so much written on this. Hashem says to Moshe, "You should know." I appear to Avraham Yitzchak and Yaakov using the name of Kel Shakai, which is a different name of God, which is not the same manifest presence. And I never appeared to them. I never showed myself in that way of the four-letter name of God. Although we do find that Hashem does. Say to Moshe, Hashem does say to Avram, Ani Hashem, Yudkevavke, four-letter name of God, but he doesn't, he doesn't, the way Rashi explains it, he doesn't show the Midah, the essence, right? Because the Midah, the name of God, the four-letter name of God implies a certain essence. Ushmi Hashem lo no dati. I never revealed that essential piece of me to them in that way. And you should know, that I established a covenant with them, I'm going to give them the land of Canaan. I've heard the cries of Israel. I've heard the cries of Israel. I've remembered my covenant. Now that I've told you that I am Hashem, tell them I am Hashem. And I will take them out of the sufferings of Egypt. And I will save them from the, from the service. And I will redeem them with the national And with great judgment. And I will take them for me as a nation. And I will be for them as an Elohim. So it's interesting. This interchange. Ani Hashem. Tell them Ani Hashem. But when I take them as a nation, I will be for them as an Elohim. Vidatem. And you will know, Kiani Hashem Elokechem. Combination. I am Hashem, your God, and who will take you out of the suffering. I'll bring you to the land of Israel, which I swore that his Lord will be to Yaakov. Ani Hashem. 
and I will give it to them as a more Rasha and heritage on the Hashem. I am Hashem. And Moshe indeed relays that message to B'nai Yisrael, and guess what happens? Torah says, but lo Shamu and Moshe, they didn't listen to Moshe. Such a beautiful, incredible prose. The four languages, or the five languages of redemption, which we evoke during the Seder nights, according to one opinion, the four cups of wine connected to the four languages, and really the five languages. Such beautiful, po- po- poetic um, expression. And when Moshe tells that to B'nai Yisrael, they couldn't hear, couldn't hear the message. And then Hashem says to Moshe, now go tell that to Paro. And Moshe says, you know, I'm not doing too well. I'm 0 for 2. I went to Paro, and it came worse. I t- went to B'nai Yisrael, they didn't listen. Now what do you want from me? Hein B'nai Yisrael lo shamu elai, B'nai Yisrael won't listen to me. Ve'echi Paro, how can Paro listen to me? How will Paro, v'ani arasla saim? And I also have a, I have a sealed lips. Okay, there's mamish so much here. But let's just, let's just ask one more question. So, Besides the question that we asked, so what's by Yidaber Elokim? So when Hashem presents to Moshe the message to tell Kali Yisrael, He says, "Tell B'nai Yisrael Ani Hashem." And then when He says, "When I take you as a nation, I will be for you as an Elokim." Why? Why not Vayisi Lachem? Lachem Hashem. ki Ani Hashem. Isn't that the, isn't that the key? Ani Hashem. Okay, so just to repeat the question, I'm going to ask. Okay, not going to answer that. But just let me see if I can remember the questions. I think there are five or six questions here. Number one, question number one we asked is in previous in page three sixteen in the previous um, part, the Torah says by Yomer Hashem Moshe. Hashem said to Moshe. Hashem spoke to Moshe, and he speaks to him, and then it breaks. It's like a new section. It's like a new section. And then, but yes, right afterwards, it's by Yabai Elokim Moshe, and he continues speaking to him. So why is it a new section? Number two, we wondered, why by Yidaber Elokim, by Yom Elavani Hashem? Right? And John said to Jerry, oh, my name is Peter. Right? Number three, I don't know if this is the exact order I presented in, number three, it's the phrase, the, um, the phrase of by Yidaber Elokim, is Hashem spoke tough. The Gemara distinguishes between Dibor and Amir, Hashem spoke tough. So why does Hashem, and, and 16 times, Hashem spoke to Moshe before, and by Yomer, and this is now the first time by Yedaber. So why does Hashem speak tough now? So you'll say to me, because Moshe said, Lama Ariosa, as Moshe said, why evil? Why are you doing bad? So that, but how come right after that, Hashem said by Yomer? Right? Next question. Next question is, what's by Yedaber Elohim? What's by Yedaber Elohim? That, that only appears three times in three times in all of Chomish. And is there a connection between the three times by Noah, by the Seres Adibros, and over here? Next question. When Hashem says to Moshe, tell them, you should know I'm Hashem, and tell B'nai Yisrael, Ani Hashem. But yet later on, <coughs> he, he introduces the element of Elohim. Elohim. What's that about? Why, why does he switch that? Why does he go from Ani Hashem to Elohim? Did I miss anything? I feel like I missed the question. Okay. 
Fine. So let me share with you some of the beautiful Torah connected to this. First, I want to deal with the question. The first question I want to deal with um, is the is the question of Vayidaber Elokim Vayomei Lavani Hashem. Elokim spoke, and he said, "Ani Hashem." What's that about? What's that about? So, let's first look at Rashi. Let's first look at Rashi. Rashi says, "Vayidaber Elokim Amoshe." He spoke tough. Mishpat. He spoke tough. Because why? Because Moshe, Moshe spoke in a way that was inappropriate. So because Moshe spoke that way, Hashem spoke by Yidaber. So that doesn't answer the question of why is it by Yomer right before? Why is it by Yomer right before? That we didn't answer. By Yomer I love Ani Hashem. So, what's Ani Hashem? So Rashi says, Ne'eman l'shalem sachar tov l'mitalchim l'fanai. V'lo l'chinam shelachticha. Moshe, I am Hashem. What's the meat of Hashem? The meat of Hashem in the end, in the end, you will see the payment. Ani Hashem, and if you look at Rashi several times throughout Chumash, I will pay, and payment can be in the negative and the positive. Ani Hashem, Neman l'shalem sachar, I can pay with a reward. Also the term is Neman para, I can pay with punishment. Moshe, have abyssal patience. A little bit of patience. Stay in it for the long haul. Give it a little bit of time. Ani Hashem. Why is Hashem saying Ani Hashem? Why by Elokim? So Elokim is Lashon of Mishpat. So Hashem is upset at Moshe. At the way he's speaking. So why is it Ani Hashem? Because even though, because even though Hashem is quote-unquote upset, he has to give a message. The message is, Moshe, you have to understand that there's something bigger that's playing itself out here. You have to understand, Ani Hashem. And that, that aspect of God, which is the aspect of Yud Kei the four-letter name of God, that takes time. That takes time. So you'll ask me, so why didn't Hashem say that right away? So Elio Kito says in a very beautiful one-line explanation, why didn't Hashem say right away, why didn't Hashem say, Moshe, this isn't the way to speak. Why did he first say, Hashem Moshe, listen to this beautiful explanation of Elio Kito. Why didn't Hashem first say to Moshe, Vayizav Elokim, with tough? So Barry sort of, he said it in a, you know, he thought he was being, he was joking, but he said a brilliant thing. That really Moshe was speaking from a place
tremendous what? Help me out. He was speaking from a place of when he said to Hashem Lama Yosa. Why? What was he speaking from a place of what? Tremendous frustration. You said compassion. Hold that thought. We'll see. That's a chasam sofer. Hold that thought. Frustration, anger. But where was the anger coming from? It was coming from he wanted to do good for Kali Yisrael. So, Bayom Hashem Moshe. What's the first response of Hashem? Moshe, calm down. The first response of Hashem is, sometimes a person can be so angry and they can speak in a very inappropriate way when they're angry. But what's really motivating them when they're speaking in this way is what? What's really motivating, if you go to the core, what's really motivating them is what? Nurabosa, you tell me. It's a love, it's a care. Vayomer Hashem, so Hashem says to Moshe, Moshe, Herzachayim, just listen. Listen to me, Moshe. It's you're going to see you're going to see you're going to see what I'm going to do to Paro it's going to be what? it's going to be it's going to be freilich it's going to, it's going to be very festive we're going, to, we're going to have a grand old time with Paro we're going to kick him out in a big way so Moshe is calm now that Moshe is calm know what's the next step a new debor, a new speech. What's the new speech? What's the new speech this time, Rabosai? Now it's Lashon Kasha. Moshe, that's not the way to speak to God. Moshe. First Hashem calms Moshe death. What a way in which we have to, to be mechanic our children and our communication with our spouses. Right? The first thing is what? The first thing is. Sometimes a person speaks out of turn inappropriately. We can get caught up in the we can get caught up in the verbiage. But before you go to the verbiage, what's moving them? What's motivating them? What's pushing them? Right? The spouse is very very upset. You know, she he, you promised you're going to be home at seven, right? And you you know you came seven forty. You say the the mother let's leave the spouse out. It's the mother to the kid. So the mother starts yelling at the kid, right? You know, how dare you, etc. What's really bothering the mother? What was the mother feeling those 40 minutes? What could be? I wonder what's going to be. What, what, you know, she made all the phone calls. So she's speaking tough. But the tough speech is really a reflection of deep and tremendous care. So the first thing, so the husband sees this. And he says, calm down. I'll be all right. And then he says afterwards, you know, maybe you shouldn't, maybe you should be a little bit sweeter to your child. A little different, a little bit of a different deburin. But the first thing is, you calm the person down because it's coming from a deep place. It's a very beautiful insight. So that's Rashi. Comes the Medrash. I want to read to you. The Medrash has a few answers to this question of Yedabel Kim Hashem. I want to read to you an amazing Medrash. So first, a simple answer of Rabbi Yehuda. And really, the Hassam Sofer says the same idea. This appears in the Medrash Rabbah in Parak Vav. Rabbi Yehuda says, this is what Moshe, this is what Hashem said to Moshe. Kach Omar Moshe. Moshe said, B'shosha Martali. When you told me, L'cha ve'esh l'chacha el paro. When you told me in the beginning, go to paro. B'midas rachamim amartali shata asid l'goalon. You used Vayomer. You used, the, you, came, you used the terminology of Yudke Vavke. You told me with Rachmanis. Maybe this is what Moshe was worried about, says 
the Medrash in the name of Rabbi Yehuda. Maybe something changed. You know, you promised that we'll go to Disneyland, Mommy. How come we're not going? Yes, that promise has been revoked. Why? Because before, because when I made the promise, you hadn't yet beaten your sister up to a pulp. It was conditional upon you not shedding blood of your siblings. So Moshe Rabbeinu is worried. Maybe what happened is, unbeknownst to Moshe, is that God's promise is off. So he says, Shema Ashebasi Neb Cholamida Chadin. Maybe the whole thing changed. Elohim said to Moshe, Ani Hashem, Demidas Rachamim Ani Omeid. No, 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 no. Demidas Rachamim is still intact. Hashem spoke tough to Moshe because Hashem understood that what was bothering Moshe was maybe the redemption is off. Maybe the redemption is off. Maybe something happened. Maybe the whole thing was conditional. So what was bothering Moshe was that maybe there was a reversal of the mission of redemption. So Hashem says to Moshe, calm down, that's Vayomer Hashem. And then Vayidaber Elohim is, Moshe, no, no, no. If you spoke tough, I know why you spoke tough, and I'm going to speak tough to you, Vayidaber Elohim, but Vayomer love Ani Hashem, but the mission is still on. We remain mission-centric. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling Moshe, don't worry. That's the second explanation. So the first explanation that we gave is what? Is that Vayidaber Elohim, that Hashem spoke tough, Rashi says Vayidaber Elohim is what? Is, is that Hashem spoke tough because Moshe spoke with the No, no, no. Moshe, I know that you're upset about the short term. Don't worry. You've got to have patience. UK Bufke is going to play itself out. The second explanation, Rabbi Yehuda in the Medrash, Rabbi Yehuda says, Rabbi Yehuda says, Moshe, the mission is, don't think that the mission has been canceled because of some behavior of Kal Yisrael. No, no, no. No, no, no. I still remain. Rabbi Meir has another explanation of the message. We're not going to give Rabbi Meir. I don't have time. Just give me, give me a minute. But then the Medrash says something totally different. And this Medrash is it's, it's just this incredibly, incredibly beautiful Medrash. And I want to just, it's a, it's a tiny bit long, but I want, I, want you to, I want you to hear it. I want you to hear it. The Medrash says, in Koheles, this is the Medrash beginning by Eira. In Koheles, it says, "Upaniti ani lurot chachma v'holelut v'sichut." Remember, you know, you know, what Koheles is doing. Koheles is looking at the world. And he's trying to find meaning, and he's trying to find meaning in you know maybe the wise people are, are, are have meaning, and maybe the people who are having a good time have meaning. Like you know, it's the it's the grand tour of what's important to focus on in life. So he says, Upaniti ani v'sichus. So he says something very strange. He says, I went around and I turned my attention to look for wisdom. Holilus v'sichus. And you know what sichus means? Foolishness. With sacha, with a samach. I turned around and I looked for wisdom. Holilus, which means frivolity, v'sichus, and foolishness. So what's going on here? Is it wisdom or is it foolishness? Well, how does he put this? How does he put in the same sentence? So comes the Medrash and says something amazing. Listen to the Medrash. Says the Medrash, 
and, and, and the Pasuk continues, the Pasuk concludes and says in chapter 2 in the book of Kohelis, the Pasuk concludes and says, for what is man? Who is man to come to the king after the king has already done what he's supposed to do? So the Medrash says, what's this Pasuk talking about? It's completely cryptic, completely ambiguous. Who is it referring to? So the Medrash says, this Pasuk is referring to Shlomo HaMelech and Moshe Rabbeinu. And listen to this amazing Medrash. Listen to this amazing Medrash. So, says the Medrash, when God gave the Torah, He put in the Torah, mitzvot asay and mitzvot asay, positive and negative mitzvot. And one of the negative mitzvot says that the king should not have too many horses, he shouldn't have too much gold and silver, he shouldn't have too many wives, so that his heart should not be turned away. So Shlomo Melch said, look, I understand what God had in mind. I understand why God said, you know, not to have too many of these things, not to have too many wives. Uh, we don't, I don't want to get into the whole thing. So because, you know, maybe, maybe he could be, he'll be distracted. But I'm Shlomo HaMelech. You all know this, man. You all heard of this, man. Listen, but listen to how the message says it. Ani Arbe, I'll have a lot, but my heart will remain focused on the goal of serving God. At that moment, Listen to this beautiful scene. The word Yasur, which means to veer, starts with the letter Yud. At that moment, the letter Yud turns to God and says, God, Hashem, isn't it true that there's no letter in the Torah that's for naught? There's no letter that's, that's for, for no reason. Comes Shlomo HaMelech and he wants to nullify me. He wants to say, that when it says in the Torah that if you have a lot of money and a lot of horses, you're going to... So that your heart will not... Yasur, will not deviate. He wants to say that that yud isn't for real. He wants to say that that yud is not really going to happen. And then, now that he gets rid of my yud, he gets rid of me, that's today. Tomorrow he's going to get rid of the other letters. So says Hashem, let Shlomo and the thousand like him be nullified. And not the smallest letter in my Torah will be nullified. For even the Yud of Sarai, this is such a famous Medrash, but look how the Medrash explains it. Even the Yud, knew what is the Medrash going to say? Even the Yud in the letter Sarai, because Sarai lost her Yud, right? She became Sarah. But even that Yud, God said, no Yud, no letter, the Yud is the smallest letter, no letter will be lost. What happened to the Yud of Sarai? Knew you tell me. Went to Yoshua. Hashem called Hoshea Yoshua. Therefore, therefore, says Hashem, let Shlomo and a thousand like him be nullified, but not even the smallest Yud in my Torah will, be, will go to waste. Mm-hmm. But, and therefore what? Shlomo said, I, so what happened with Shlomo? We know what happened with Shlomo. Right? He married many women, thousand women. What happened? He went on, he went, he went, whatever it is, on his level, he went, he went away. He to us, he went away. So, Omar Shlomo, now listen carefully, because this is the key point of the message. Omar Shlomo, Shlomo said, Torah. I thought that I can be smarter than God. And I thought I understood the depth of the Torah. And I could what? I thought that I had Chachma, Upanisi, Ani, Lerot, Chachma. I thought that I was the arbiter of wisdom, Shlomo Melch, the smartest person in the world. But really, what was it? 
my chachma was really what? No, finish it up for me. Was really what? Holeilus v'sichlus. Human wisdom only sees a small bit of the picture. Human wisdom is ultimately folly. Is ultimately foolishness. How could I, what? How could I have gone and tried to question the king? How do I have the right to be meharher, to sort of cast aspersions on the Rebon Sha'olam? For HaKadosh Baruch Hu, everything that he does, din emes, they wrote to the emes, etc. So that's Shlomo. How does this refer to Moshe? How does this refer to Moshe? So comes the Medrash and says, that this is such an obvious question, we didn't relate to this question before, but didn't Hashem tell Moshe? When Moshe, when Moshe was given the mission, when Moshe was told, go and redeem the Jewish people, what did Hashem tell Moshe? What did Hashem tell Moshe? Is it going to be a walk in the park? Is it going to be easy? What did Hashem tell Moshe at the beginning? Hashem told Moshe, you should know, I'm gonna, you're going to go, and Melech Mitzrayim is not going to let you go, and I'm going to harden his heart. So now what's Moshe doing? What's Moshe doing now, Moshe? What is Moshe saying? Right after the first step, what does the power say? You guys are lazy bums. No straw. What does Moshe say? What does Moshe say? Lama Harayosa. Why have you dealt evilly? So what did Hashem say to Moshe? Vayidaber Elokim El Moshe. Vayomer Elov Ani Hashem. Vayidaber Elokim El Moshe. Elokim said to Moshe. Vayomer Elov Ani Hashem. What's that about? Hashem says to Moshe. Moshe, did you forget the big picture? In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu, I told you from the very beginning. In other words, says the Medvish, that Moshe lo shamar es hadover hazeh, el rabali hischakim al gzeiroso shel hakadosh baruch hu. Moshe thought, some reason, somehow, Moshe thought, God said I should redeem Kali Yisrael. Guess what? I'll utter the magic words, and what's going to happen? He's going to be redeemed. And guess what happens? Because Baruch said, Moshe, Paro said, no way! So, so this is a third shot. Elokim said to Moshe, Moshe, you trying to outsmart me? Elokim El Moshe. Elokim, that means to say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who is not simply the Midas Hadin, but Hashem who is the God of Teva, which we'll get to in a moment. The God of Teva, of nature. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has embedded within the world a process known as Torah. And a process known as nature. And really the reason why God is called Elohim is because the Torah itself is nature. And nature itself is guided by Torah. And I have created a process of redemption. By Yisabel Elohim. And the process of redemption has to happen the way I want it to unfold. Not the way you want it to unfold. I am the one who, in the small picture, it looks like it's, it's, it's Midas. We'll, we'll, we'll get to this point in a moment. In the small picture, it looks like it's Midas Hadin. It's Midas Hakoshe. It's difficult. But this is really all part of the bigger picture. And therefore, don't think that you can outsmart me. I already told you earlier on that it's going to be difficult in the beginning. But, so then, why? But still, says the manners, 
But since Hashem knew that that which made Moshe angry was ultimately because Moshe felt bad for the Tsar of Klau Yisrael, because Moshe felt bad for the Tsar, therefore he went back and he said, Ani Hashem. So what's the message of Ayyadaber Elohim? The message is, Ayyadaber Elohim is, Hashem says, I created a, a means of, re- of redemption. You will never outsmart me. You're complaining. Your complaining of Lama Hare Osa indicates that you thought that you could short-circuit the redemption. But you can't short-circuit it. It's going to happen on my conditions, on my terms. But since I know that really what frustrated you was that you didn't want Klai Yisrael to suffer, I know that it really it came from a place of Rachmanus. So that is what the Medrash says in the Chassam Sofer says the same idea. So we have now three explanations. Hold on. Yes, Sam. I'm going too slow. Okay. So comes the Hassam Sofer, and he has a fourth explanation. And his is, as, as an independent answer, it's such a beautiful point. Let me share a story, and then we'll, get, we'll bring it back to the Hassam Sofer. I don't know the details of the story. I, I don't remember, but it appears in the book called the Hasidic Tales of the Holocaust. By Yaffa Eliyach. The details. I'm, I'm just going to say this quickly. But it's quote. But but. Long story short, there was a, a brother and sister that hid in the forest from the Nazis, and they were they were hiding. And the brother would go and forage. She'd go out to the farms and get bring back food, and he'd go back to the forest. The Nazis were swarming the forest. The brother came back and saw his sister wasn't there. So he, 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 he didn't know what to do. He, so he, he figured that where his sister must have been caught by the Nazis. So he went, risked his own life, and he went to like the nearest place in the, out of the forest to where the Nazis were. And he, with unbelievable courage and chutzpah, he went to the base, whatever, the home that they had taken over, and he runs in and he yells at them. He says, you have my sister. I demand you give me back my sister. And the Nazi, look at this crazed Jew. And one guy takes out a revolver. <laughs> He's about to kill him. And the officer, the head, guy on top, says, well, bring him in here. Bring him in here. We'll have a good time with the Jew. Brings the Jew in there. Can I help you? Because you took my sister, which he had, which they had, and you better give me back. You better give it back to me right now. The Nazi looks at him and he says, "You know, you Jews are the devil." This is a true story. You Jews are the devil, and the devil has hair on the palm of his hand. When hair grows on the palm of your hand, I will give you back your sister. Listen carefully. Don't leave. Whereupon this fellow opened up his right hand, opened up his palm, proceeded to show the Nazi hair on the palm of his hand. The Nazi couldn't believe it. He released the sister. They ran back. 
and he, he and his sister survived the war. Before you think this is a Maisala, go back a little bit in time. This young man, when he was a child, loved the bakery. And his father, I think his father was a baker, and he used to always hang around. He got into an accident with the machinery. And he went to the local hospital, which wasn't that good in the 1930s in Poland. And they grafted hair-bearing skin on his palm. And for many years, as a young child, he was very embarrassed. He was very embarrassed about the phenomena of hair on his palms. So he used to always, in school, always used to put his right hand in his pocket or close his hand. It was something of a tremendously embarrassing thing. And then the Nazi, fast forward, many years later says, you're the devil. And when hair grows on the palm of your hand, that's when I'll release your sister. Whereupon he opened up his hand and he showed him that hair grew on the palm of his hand. A verified story by Professor Yafa Eliak, she should ever push Lema, Hasidic tales of the Holocaust. Comes the Hassam Sofer and he says, You think, Moshe, that all of the excessive harshness, that the no straw edict, that the excessive punishment is something terrible. And I admit to you, it's very harsh. But you know that, for whatever reason, that we can't understand. Klal Yisrael are supposed to be in Mitzrayim for how long, Rabosai? 400 years. And really, they were only there for how long? 210. And why were they only there for 210 and not 400? Because of what's called the Koshi Hashibud, the difficulty of the labor, right? They, the Mitzrim packed in 400 into 210. And therefore, the Vilna Gon explains that when we read the phrase in the Torah, and they embittered our lives, which is the phrase expressing how the Egyptians, how they terrible they were to us, we read it in an up note. What's so up about embittering our lives? And the name of the cancellation sign in Aramaic is Kadma the Azla, which means get up and go. And the and the gematria, the numeric equivalent of the cancellation sign is 190, which is the equivalent of the 400 minus 190, the amount of years that were cut off because of the Koshi Ashib, because of the difficulty. He sorted, he, he skipped, he caused them to be middaleg. So comes the Hassam Sofer and he says, very beautiful, Moshe, you think that this is an expression of harshness? You think that this is an expression of harshness? No, Moshe, you have to understand that this, this concept of Paro, from the moment that you went to Paro became so difficult, Midas Adin shall koshi ashibud hayakulo rachamim. The Midas Adin of the difficulty of the more embittered enslavement was really all rachamim. Because this was the way out. This was the way out. Very often in life, we go through difficulties. But those difficulties are really the way out. The redemption of self, 
begins very often with affliction and pain, growing pains, mamish. The very concept of bris milah, Chazal tell us, bris milah, it's a painful experience. Bris milah, we have, a, we have the bracha of rifa'inu, the eighth bracha of shona esrei, it's because the bris milah needs a refuah. So why does Hashem make us go through it? The terrace is because the very essence of growth is that it's going to be painful and it's going to need a refuah, but it's dafka through the process which makes us great. So, that means to say, Moshe, what you perceive to be Elokim, what you think is Elokim, is really what? Is really Ani Hashem. And this isn't only a lesson for now. This is also a lesson for Klai Yisrael. When Hashem says to Moshe, tell Klai Yisrael, Ani Hashem. But when I make, when I take them as a nation, one of the questions we asked before, will I copy as Kamli Lam, but Yisrael Hashem Elokim? And they will be for me as an Elohim. You should know that there are times when it looks like it's Elohim, but it's really Hashem. That's the way I am in the world. You have no clue what you think is a Midas Hadid could be Midas Arachamim. What you think is a Midas Arachamim could be Midas Hadid. That's what we say, Shana Tova Masuka, good and sweet. Because what you think is good is not often sweet. What you think is sweet is not often good. Right? Hashem should fill our wishes for the good. Because what we think we want, we really don't want. Right? We... we we know that that's the case. So uh, this is a... Uh, okay, now let's start this year. Now let me share with you the beautiful mitzvah. And this is really... All of the ideas that we said until now, which are all very, very positive, very important, they all fit into the basic context of the mitzvah. But listen to what the mitzvah says. You probably are familiar with the idea that when Hashem created the world, it's Elohim, voracious bara Elohim. And until man is created, it's only Elohim. It's only Elohim. And then, when man is created, it's, it's Hashem Elohim. And, and Rashi quotes, Rashi, the very beginning of the Chumash says, in the beginning, Hashem, Hashem had in mind to, to guide the world with Midas Adin. But he saw it could not, it could not remain that way. So therefore, he made a partner with Midas Arachamim, and that's why, by the way, something very interesting, very interesting. I think the Chassam Sober says this also. I started getting into the Chassam Sober much more because my father, my father gave me the set from his farm, so I started, I picked it up. The Chassam Sober says that the nature of the Avos is that they always walked with Elohim. Elohim. That means that they never had the manifest presence of Hashem. Hashem promised them, but they never had it in their lives. And Hashem is saying to Moshe, Hashem is saying to Moshe, you're like, I'm putting you in the club. The Tzadikim, we gave a whole show on this point years ago, I think, that the Tzadikim always go with Midas Hadim. They always go with the aspect of judgment. And why is that, by the way? Just to take one minute to explain why. Why is it that the Tzadikim always get the tough... Why is Hashem always tough with the tzaddikim? Can Hashem be nice to the tzaddikim? He is being nice to the tzaddikim. Because the, in, in this world, you want to earn what you get. You want to earn what you get. And when you get something for nothing, that's embarrassing. So there's more embarrassing than getting a handout. So when you earn it, so, that, so we can't live in a world that's complete earning because we would not be able to survive. But the greater you are, the less you need Rachmanis. You know, like, so you go bowling, 
So, uh, so my friend Nachi Klein, he bowls amazing. He gets 180. I get a 180 also. There's only one difference. I put the gut. I put the. I put the gut. I put the stuff in the, on the side. You know what I'm talking about? What are those things called? The, the bumpers. Yeah, yeah. You know, I put the bumpers. He got. He had, What's the difference between him and me? He gets a 180. I get a 180. The difference is it's hard for me to mess up, right? He, he, so, Kadosh Baruch puts bumpers from us many of us. So that's why Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva, when he died, he died this unbelievably difficult death. So, the, so Moshe Rabbeinu said, well, "Why is this?" So Hashem said, "Kach Allah b'machshava lefanai." This is this is part of my thought. And Rabbi Chanan Wasserman explains what what Hashem is saying in the Gemara Menachos Hakavtes Menachos Twenty Nine B. Hashem is saying, Hashem is saying, Hashem is saying to to Moshe, "No, Rabbi Akiva is a throwback." He's a throwback. He belongs to the Midas Hadin Club. He's part of the Midas Hadin. He's part of the Hadin. He's, he, can, he can hack it. And the more you live Midas Hadin in this world, the more activated in this world, the next world is more halic. It's more holy. It's more intense. It's more connected. And the less you live attributed judgment in this world, then the more distant the next world is. And that's why Chaviv and Yisur and suffering is very important. And that's why, by the way, and nobody should know it, but if you're in a situation where people end up in a situation, we do not say goodbye quicker than we have to, because suffering is, is, is of inestimable value. We, always, we have a mandate to lessen pain. We have a mandate to palliative care, but we cannot let a per kill somebody to lessen that we can't do that. So that, that's a very important idea. Chavivi Nisur. So comes, so comes the Hassan Sofer, and he says to Moshe, Hashem says to Moshe, and I want you to know, Moshe, I appeared to Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, Hashem, but I never really paid. I never really paid off. I never showed it to them. Showed them the money. And you, Moshe, are in the same club. You're in the Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov club. That's why I'm treating you in the same way. You're in the Midas Hadin club. That's a bracha. So comes the Hassan Tov and he says to him, Yeah, you, you, Moshe. Let me just find the exact terminology. Exact terminology that he says. And therefore what? I, I was nahafti imahem b'midah hadin. I went with him to attribute of judgment. You're going to also get that same madrega. That I'm going to act with the, with the attribute of judgment. That's how it's going to work out. Because in the end, that's going to be for your benefit. That's how the Chassam Tovah explains what's going on here. But the Nesiv takes the similar idea of Midas Hadin. And he says something very interesting. And it says three places in the Torah, it says, Right? We learn the three places, right? And why does it say, So then it says as follows. That when Hashem created the world, it's a, it's, it's beautiful terminology, so I want, to, I want you to hear the word. He says, when Hashem created the world, so when a person builds a house, 
When a person, Hashem is the Borei HaTeva. Elohim means Hashem is the creator of nature. And I mentioned this before. There's the natural, there's physics, right? There's natural rules of, there's rules of nature, and then there's the rules of Torah. And whenever we speak about God creating the world, it's Elohim. And when we speak about God, Midas Hadin, judgment, also Elohim. Because the concept of God, the judge, means God living within, God exercising his manifestation of the natural world. The natural world. The natural world is the natural rules of, 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 of creation and also the natural rules of the tongue. So comes the nativity test. So Hashem created a bias. The nature of the bias, the nature of the creation is like, it's, it's a house. God created the world, the universe. That's called the table. When you and I create the world, our own home, we create it, and then we walk away. We're no longer in the walls. We build it, and then we walk away. You might say, oh, I can see my brand, I can see, I can see you all over those walls. I can see your, I can see your artistic flair. Well, I notice that the nails aren't nailed in straight. I see your artistic flair all over the walls. I notice that you know, it's clashing terribly. It's all over the walls, right? But that's a term not, but God created the house. He's the bona bias. When God is the bona bias, when God creates the house, that's Elohim. And that house, as opposed to a regular physical house, which can stand on its own, cannot stand on its own without the continuous reality of Hashem. So whenever we talk about Hashem, the builder of new reality, it's Elohim. Whenever we talk about Hashem sustaining, you with me? Hashem's continuing, continuing the world, being Mekayim the world, then it's what? Then it's what name? Whenever it's God creating, Bria, Teva, it's what? It's Elohim. Whenever it's God continuing, sustaining, ongoing. What is it? It's Yudkevavke. It's the four-letter name of God. Elohim is the new reality, and Yudkevavke is the ongoing maintenance. So, comes the Nesiv, and he says, and he says, so, when Hashem creates the world in the beginning, so the world has a set of rules. Those rules are called din. Those rules, those rules are called teva. And he says, Hashem says to Moshe, I'm about to create the world. Who's Shem Habriya? Right? And Moshe, you should really be punished for the way you're speaking to me. How dare you speak to me this way? But Ani Hashem, Ani Hashem, I am God who sustains the world. I am the God who brings with midas hadin midas harachamim ubazehu b'shit of rachamim. So Moshe Rabbeinu, really, you should be slammed for the way you're talking to me. But Ani Hashem, but I am Hashem, and I created the world, but I also maintain the world. And you, Moshe, are critical for the maintenance of the world. 
And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu, I will act with you as Ani Hashem. And tell B'nai Yisrael the same thing. Tell B'nai Yisrael the same thing. You know, B'nai Yisrael might say, God is so tough. God is so tough. Look what happens, right? They, they, they complain, right? Moshe Rabbeinu goes to Paro, and Paro makes it more difficult. And, it's, it's, and, and they complain to Moshe. So Hashem says to, Hashem says to Moshe, tell B'nai Yisrael, you should know Ani Hashem. You should know Ani Hashem. The Avos didn't know Ani Hashem. You know why the Avos didn't know Ani Hashem? Why didn't the Avos know Ani Hashem? Because the, the, the patriarchs didn't need to live that way. The patriarchs lived with Midas Hadin. They lived with judgment. They didn't, have, they didn't have the problem. But tell Klal Yisrael. Tell the Jewish people. Ani Hashem. Tell the Jewish people. That it sometimes looks like, looks like I'm being harsh. And that harshness, that Midas Hadin is part of the very... Part of the building blocks of creation. The Bria of the world requires a structure, a bias, judgment, nature, Elohim. That's the creative stage. That's the creative focus. But then, when we move to maintenance, the Kiyom HaOlam, Al Shloshet Dvarim HaOlam Amei, Al HaTorah, Val HaVoda, Val Kimilus Chasadim. But Al Shloshet Dvarim HaOlam, what's the language? HaOlam... The, the, in previous years before, I think. Din Isn't that a contradiction? Din versus Rachamim. The answer is Din is the initial creative process, and Rachamim is the ongoing. When you start, when you start a a company, or you start a marriage, or you start day one of school. Or you start an endeavor. It has to be perfect. You know, you don't say, you know, the wedding, you know, it's a yeshivish wedding, so the dress isn't so white. You know, there's a few stains in this, on the suit. The tie is a little bit stained. It's not a big deal. You know, okay, so the tablecloths don't match. Big deal. Right? Now, look at that same couple. They look so beautiful in the wedding picture. Look at them 25 years later. You know, that tie isn't as nice anymore, right? He can't get it. I still have my wedding suit. It's in my... It's in my it's in my closet. I'm still hoping one day to get back into it. I don't know if it's in style, but I'm still hoping one day. There's Hashem Yisbarach. You got it down for me. Not looking so good. So the thing is like this. Right? So there's Vayidaver Elohim. Elohim is the initial creation, which is perfect. Din, Teva, the way it should be. And then there's the ongoing Kiyama Olam, the way it is. Now there are three places where Vayidaber Elohim appears in the Talmud. Three places. Listen to this. My wife made this point. This mouth is beautiful. The first place in the Torah that appears is where, Rebosai? Vayidaber Elohim El Noach. Hashem says to Noach, Taimin HaTeva. Leave the table. Ata, you and your house. So, on two levels. Midas Hadin and Teva. First of all, why does Noah want to stay in the Teva? The world is... Noah is going to a, a world that's... He's, he, he, he's the first Holocaust survivor. <coughs> right? He's got, the whole world is destroyed. Right? 
So and now he, he has to go back into the world and nobody nobody's around. So so it's and he doesn't want to leave. The manager says, the says, if I would have been there, I would have I would have pushed to get out, but Noah didn't want to leave. Because you're gonna destroy the world again. I said, But you never look Kim. But you never look Kim or Noah. And Kim said to Noah, leave the table. But there's also another word here. What's the other word? Hashem says, it's a new world. Right? Nature is, there are many riots to this point, but after the, after the Mabul, in the post diluvian world, in the post Mabul world, nature is different. It's Elohim. It's the new process of creation. Elohim. Whenever there's a new creation, it's Elohim. It's perfect. It's a perfect world. And then what does Noach do right after that? He brings Karbana. And what does it say after that? And Hashem smells as Reach Hanichoch. Hashem smells Reach Hanichoch. The hay, the first time, the only time in the Torah it says Reach Hanichoch. Because Hashem is saying that this is the Midah of Rachmanis from which the new world will now be sustained. All subsequent merciful manifestations of Hashem are flowing from that first time, that first Reach Hanichoach. All subsequent manifestations. Reach Hanichoach. Same in a table, and then it's Hashem. Then it's Hashem. What's the third time, Rabosai? What's the third time he says, Vayidabe Elohim? No. Vayidabe Elohim! Es kolazibarim e'ila alimor! Anochi Hashem! Elokecha. Because Rabosai, there is no creation and no purpose of creation without Torah. The whole world was hanging in the balance, as Chazal tells us, until Klai Yisrael accepted the Torah. Vayidaber Elokim as kol hadivarim ha'ele. Elokim said all these words. Anochi Hashem. So the creation of the world, in its spiritual component, shall we say, the creation of the neshama of the world, is vayidaber Elokim as kol hadivarim ha'ele. And now let me conclude with this. Let's, and then we'll see how we, we answer all the questions. So we have three places. The first time it says by Kim is by Noah. Why is that? What did we say? What are we saying here? It's really based on the what, what's that about? It's the new creation. It's Hashem's recreating the world. Kim and Hashem. Right? Excuse me, Kim, and then it's what? And then it's and then it's Hashem, The second time, we're not in order, but the second presentation is Aserat Hadibros. Because what's that? That's the creation of the neshama of the world. That's not the creation of the goof of the world. That's the creation of the neshama of the world. No, and what's this, what's this here? What's what Yedabe Elohim has called Yedabe Elohim El Moshe Vayevalov Ani Hashem Vayiral Avram Elisa Deakov What's this about? What's this the creation of? The creation of, of, of the creation of the purpose of the, of the people who carry the purpose of the world. Am Yisrael Right? Kuchabrichu veoraisa chadu. Hashem, that's the Sarah Sadibros. Excuse me. Kuchabrichu, Hashem, oraisa, Sarah Sadibros, and Yisrael, the Jewish people, they're all one. The triangle of creation is completed with the formation of Am Yisrael. When is Am Yisrael formed? 
Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. So, by Yedaber Elokim El Moshe, by Yomer Elov Ani Hashem, because I'm about to create a new reality in the world known as Am Yisrael. So, what's the difference between the previous sections and now? So we gave one explanation, Ravelio Kitov said, that Moshe was telling what? Hashem was telling Moshe, listen, I understand that he was first soft and then he was hard, and that's all, he was giving Moshe, like the Medrash says, that's all true, all Gavaldus. But we could say there's something else going on here. At the end of Parsha Shemos, it's Hashem speaking to Moshe, a local conversation. A conversation, a one-on-one with Moshe. But now what's going on here? What's Va'era all about? Va'era is the beginning of the formation of Am Yisrael. How is Am Yisrael created? It's created with the Midah of Elohim, the Midah Sadin. And certainly the Midah Sadin has been waxing in Mitzrayim and it's about to culminate. It's at its highest moment when Kali Yisrael is at its worst stage when Paru takes away all the takes away all the straw, this is Mamish the height of Elohim. And now, once Klal Yisrael has been created, now we will see, starting now, you will now see what? The Midah of Rachmanis of Hashem. And it's very interesting to point out, as I pointed out in previous years, that Vaera is the only parsha in the Torah. After Sefer Breshis, after Parashat Breshis, where the name of Hashem Elohim, I'm not going to go into the details on this point, where the end of Vaera, the end of Vaera is really the Makkah of Barad, the Makkah of Hell, and the end of Vaera, you will take a look and you will see for the, for the, the only time in the whole Torah, after Parashat Breshis, where Hashem Elohim, those two names of God come together, is the end of Aira when it comes to the plague of hell. So in sum, what's going on in the parsha? What's going on in this conversation between Hashem and Moshe? It's Hashem telling Moshe, according to this Nitziv, that I'm about to create a new entity. The name of the entity is Klal Yisrael. Am Yisrael. And when we create in the beginning, it's Elohim. And when we maintain, it's Yud Kei and for ourselves as well, let me just make this personal and pragmatic. For ourselves as well, sometimes in our lives, we feel, that when we're growing, we feel unbelievable challenges. We feel unbelievable midas hadin. We feel sometimes like, well, how is it going to happen? How are we going to get through this? We want to make positive changes, but it seems like it's going to be affecting us negatively, right? We, we want to incorporate the rebirth in our life in a more significant way, and it's, it's it's hard. So you have to hear the message of the Ribbonu Shalom to Moshe, which is a message for us. The Sid says, For then and for now. Hold on! Hold on! You're being created in Elohim. But soon you will tap into the Midah of Yud Kevav Kei and you'll be able to see the manifestation of the Rachmanus of Hashem. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful night. Cold.